Hello and welcome to the GoldenAgeHorror.com podcast. This week is episode 22, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Uh, sorry about the long absence, but you can check out the website www.goldenagehorror.com for more information. I'm here with Andrew. We're going to talk about, uh, as I just said, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. You can say hello now. Hello. Hello. Um, so it's been a while. Uh, have you? Uh, when, when did you watch this recently, or what? Couple, Not really, like a while months ago. ago. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so this is actually one of my uh, one of my favorites of the movies. Those movies that I watched. Yeah. What about uh, you? Did you like it? I did. I believe so. It's been a while. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Great. Um. Well, what do you remember about it? I remember. Uh, I can't remember. It's um. The monster this time was very much uh, very clearly like a representation of something as opposed to a swarthy foreigner as per usual. In this case, what the monster is the evils of what, like domestic abuse? Or is that just coincidental? Because he doesn't really terrorize a large group of people. He tries like one person. Yeah, well... Do you? I don't, hmm, that's a good question. I don't know if it's intended to be like some sort of reflection on domestic abuse. I don't know. It's it's not the the uh, neither um neither female characters in the novel, as far as I remember. Like neither um Jekyll's fiance nor the uh, kept woman that Hyde terrorizes in the novel. Oh, so they just universally added like there's a woman in distress in this book. Well, I mean, how? I mean, you're familiar with the problem of motivating your characters, right, Andrew? I suppose I forgot about character motivation. How else do you do it? They're like, why? Why would this Hyde do anything? I can't even remember. Like, I read the novel in college, but uh, kind of short for like what 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 motivates. I think he just goes out and like gets into fights and stuff. Oh, okay. And he's just generally like a bad person. He beats some guy to death with his cane. Yeah, he does a little bit of that. Yeah. Um. So most people, when they talk about this movie, are talking about the performance by Frederick March. Yeah. Which was pretty good. Let me just... I should probably do that. I mentioned that it was directed by Robert... Oh, boy. Mamoulian. Uh, after the novel by Robert Louis Stevenson. And it was... Uh, starred as Frederick March, Miriam Hopkins, and Rose Hobart. Came out in 1931. And is, I believe... Not a universal movie, but... Um, does sort of feel like one of those movies. Yeah. It is a Paramount Pictures movie. Okay. Uh, there's been a lot. There's been a, quite a few versions of this movie. I mean, this story filmed. Yeah. Uh, but this is probably the best one I've seen. I had some difficulty finding this very specific. Finding this specific one. Yeah, you're gonna get lost in the maze of various Doctor Jekylls and Mister Hydes. But uh, so yeah, the performance by Frederick March is very strong. Um, you agree? Disagree? I agree. You agree? Uh, I think most of the sh- most of the performances are really good. It had a really good. Um, there's a couple really good scenes. There's a really good scene where uh, uh, the the dancehall girl whose name is Ivy. Dan- oh, okay, I was just gonna say dancehall girl. Dancehall girl, very nice. But uh, she has a name, Andrew. She's not just a motivation with a stick. I've forgotten all their characters outside of Jekyll and Hyde. All their names, at least. So Ivy is trying to seduce Doctor Jekyll, and it's it's filmed in the uh, in the first person. Yeah, that was a pretty effective scene. 
and one of the more lurid scenes in any of these movies. Well, this movie's very lurid. Yes, with the dance halls and what have you. Had the other effective scene. That's what I was trying to say. Was is the transformation scene? Yeah. Which is done like using a mirror the first time, maybe? Was it the first time it was the mirror? Yep. There's there's mirrors and there's also like uh I think it's cut in a weird way. Yeah. Right, isn't I think I can't remember. I looked at how they did it at the time because it was a mystery for they was kind of um It feels like there are obvious cuts when they're doing it. Yeah. Like it's very stuttery. Oh, makeup was applied in contrasting colors. A series of colored filters that matched the makeup was then used, which enabled the makeup to be gradually exposed or made invisible. Oh. Which is weird. Yeah. It looks like... The way it looks like it was cut, it was like they could have just done it, applied makeup in between cuts. <laughs> Cause yeah, see- that's, 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 that makes more... I mean, it's almost what they did, except they probably did it faster than that with the changing the filters. Yeah. It just... I mean, because it looked a little st- stuttery. It's still a very impressive special effect for 1931. Yeah. For nowadays, it'd be less impressive. Well, yeah, nowadays. Nowadays, <laughs> they just dial up their bleep bloops and bleep bloop it in there. I mean, even practically, I feel like maybe there'd be an easier way to do it. I don't know. Sure. Or, they, or they it just, would look more seamless. Yeah. Well, the editing technology, again, to do the bleep bloops is a lot more effective now, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. It's cool for the time. There's not, I mean, it, it, it does, I would say, outclass the Bats and Dracula. Everything outclasses <laughs> the Bats and Dracula. Also, I think it outclasses the foam boulders in Frankenstein. <laughs> so, you know, look what we're working with. We're giving this an A-plus on this one, okay? Yeah. It didn't do any outdoor shots like Frankenstein either, so it didn't really worry to work it, run into the uh, whole, like, obvious sound, soundstage problem. Right, right. Where the, whole, the background wavers as Frankenstein's stomping around. Yeah. And it's like ten feet behind him. Um, so the plot of the movie is, is probably everyone's pretty familiar with it. Uh, there's a, a Edwardian error physician who is attempting to uh, cure himself of evil. I guess what is the exact? He's like trying to remove like the limiters on mankind or something. I think I thought he was trying to remove the. He's trying to isolate evil. Yeah. Or something. Yeah, trying to like get rid of the bad impulses somehow. Just take a take a potion. And you're not a bad guy anymore, and it doesn't really work. Instead, what it does is release. He and now now in, that's the, that's one of the things that's different with the novel. And this is I at least in my remembrance of the movie is that in the novel he's like especially sexually um, and generally repressed. You know, sure. But in this, he's sort of like I wouldn't I wouldn't call him especially repressed anyway like compared to any other edwardian doctor you know yeah, what I mean? he just seems like a regular old guy yeah he's you know he's joking around the, uh, the old the uh, jekyll in the novel it comes across as humorless and terrified of himself where this this jekyll does not he just comes across as a fairly charming young doctor with big ideas but um anyway so the plot you know he takes the potion instead of separating his instead of sublimating or destroying his evil impulses he instead turns into a simian monkey man who wants to do whatever he wants to do at the time correct with no no impulse control basically and leaning towards violence basically yeah um and then sort of hijinks ensue from there 
you know, Jet Jekyll is tortured by his alter ego. His alter ego enters into an abusive relationship with a dance hall girl. And then uh, eventually, um, Hyde kills somebody, right? Well, he kills, he kills, and this he kills the girl. Yeah. Um, then he also kills uh, Sir Danvers, who I guess is his uh, future father-in-law. Yeah. Were you going to say something else? No, I was going to agree with that. Okay. Um, so I haven't seen too many of the other Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Tries. I saw, there's one, there's a Hammer one, I think it's a Hammer movie, <laughs> where it's Dr. Jekyll and Mrs. Hyde. Okay. I mean, this like sounds that. like a Hammer version. Yeah, which is fine. And then um, I saw, I believe I saw Mary Riley, which is a Julia Roberts vehicle from the mid-90s. Mary Mary Riley is the maid to Dr. Jekyll. Oh, okay. And I can't, she's not in this movie, right? I don't think she's in this movie. I'm not sure. But um, she was. No, no, it was just kind of like him alone in his house. Yeah. So, um, and I don't remember that movie at all, to be honest. I probably saw that in 1999. But I don't remember it being particularly noteworthy, obviously. (laughs) No? No. Was there any Jekyll and Hyde in it? Yeah, there's 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 Jekyll and Hyde in it. It's not like this, I don't think. Um, but yeah, it's from 1996. So yeah, I don't know. I should have to, I should probably rewatch that. John Malkovich <laughs> plays Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Oh, okay. So it's way over the top, I'm sure. Seems like it'd be interesting at least. Or I mean, not the whole movie, of course. Yep. So is it like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde from a... Observer's viewpoint. Also, yeah, that guy, it kind like of a, is third person. Sort it's, of. it's weird that he had like a back door in his lab. It was very convenient. Well, yeah, certainly worked out for him. Yeah. Until it doesn't. They kill him in the end, right? They, yeah, he dies in the end. Okay. Yeah, and, and he's shot by the police. Is he shot in the in the book, or does he? I can't remember. Or does he just kill himself somehow? I mean, and the, and the premise is eventually that um, he tries to control, but he can't. He can't. And eventually, he doesn't even need the potion. Yeah, he's just forming on his own. Because he's just truly unlocked it, you know. He's truly unlocked his personality, or whatever he was, whatever he said. What, what was his phrasing? I don't recall. There's but something, um, something about like unlocking his potentials or something. Yeah, he unlocked like, his potentials. All right. <laughs> Uh, he does kill himself in the novel. I believe. Try to look up right now. Like he removed himself from like the shackles of average life or something. There's a great bit in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Not the uh, Sean Connery movie. You mean not the, not the Sean Connery movie, but the comic. Um, well, it's like a, actually that character has a lot of great bits, but. Uh, the, there's an interesting thing where by the time of um, that takes place the, the uh, comic he uh, doc, Dr. Jekyll has sort of shrunk away from being this big strapping guy to being this sort of uh, emaciated gaunt helpless man and, doc, and uh, Mr. Hyde who was once you know like in this movie sort of like almost chimpanzee in statue yeah statute statue he was a little bigger than the doctor he's, anyway yeah well in the novel he's described as like shorter than the doctor i'm uh, pretty sure his clothes are floppy 
I, I seem to recall that detail for some reason. But um, is he bigger in the? He's bigger in this movie. Well, I mean, he was the same size, right? But with like, added features, like a bigger brow, I think. Yeah. Okay. To make him more, you know, animal-like. So, um, oh man. But anyway, the so the bit in the in the, in the comic, the bit is that as as uh, Hyde has consistently gained control, and uh, Doctor Jekyll's personality is losing. The the Mister Hyde has become almost like the Hulk or something. He's like a nine foot tall, muscle bound monster. I don't know. I like that yeah. part of the comic. I also liked this other part. So I guess I, there's really no reason why this is a family podcast, I suppose. So he sodomizes the Invisible Man. Sure. Yeah. And then gets killed by some Martians after eating one. I mean, that that's, seems... It makes sense for the Martians. For them to kill him? Yeah. Well, he does it as like... Do you, have you read that comic? You must have read that comic. Like a while ago. It's like a... He's the only one to teach them fear or something like that. Yeah. Uh. Because he like climbs up into the one of the... You know, they're fighting the, the Martians from H.G. Wells' novel. Yeah, the War of the Worlds. He climbs up to the their little spider crab contraptions and pulls out and open the thing and eats the uh, Martian. And I, if you could see me right now, I'm doing all kinds of crazy hand gestures. I so trust it's, it's you. Real, it's very illustrative. It's, it's almost like an immersive 3D experience. I trust that you're eating Martians. Yeah. So it, it's the dogs give me a strange look. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So that's the uh, that's the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. It is. Which is a fine comic. I highly recommend it. I highly yeah. recommend the first two volumes. And if you can, pick up the um, the well-regarded, faithful follow-up movie. Yeah, absolutely. Sean Connery and some other people. Sean Connery, who, Sean Connery did not want us... Um, in the comics, Alan Quartermain is a opium addict. That was in the original script, but Sean Connery just straight out said, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> so they changed the character up for Mr. Connery. He might have to like act if he does that or something. Oh, I mean, he acts. Is, 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 I think that might actually be his last movie. No, was, I'm pretty sure he's been in other movies since then. He's got to be. That's got to be one of the last ones because he was like, he's he's done now. He's retired. Um, I think yeah. he did like a really bad like animated movie. Recently. Oh yeah, sure. He also he did uh, the voice for uh, uh, James Bond and then the the there was a firm muscle with a video game for the Xbox. Oh, okay. Which I, I actually really liked it, but only because I really liked that movie, and it was like literally like a a, a perfect playthrough of that movie. Like I don't <laughs> I don't know how that the game got made, but it was just like we're gonna literally adapt this one James Bond movie from nineteen seventy whatever the fuck, probably nineteen sixty something. Yeah, it's actually it's the best James Bond movie I think. From Russia. Maybe that's why they did it. It's it's it was great. Sean Connery did all the did did play the original Bond, which is usually the only Bond I can stand to watch. Yeah, it's it's it was good, and we're so far off track track now. It's like incredible. Yeah. I just talked about an Xbox game. You did, yeah. Do you have anything else to say about Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde? No, I think I'm. website and more information, articles, and show notes. 
My first ebook is out on Amazon. It's called All About This Here. If you liked our podcast, you can leave us a rating or review on iTunes if you don't want to miss an episode. Join our mailing list at the website or you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash here. You can follow me on Twitter at The Watermouth. You can follow Andrew at Pizza Pranks. Andrew's website is www.pizzapranks.com. Our theme music is Swan Lake Dub by Dubology. Next week, we're talking about Phantom of the Paradise, uh, which is a special Halloween treat. Thanks for listening. Website is